coming up on This Week in Games, Respawn shows us how not to do community engagement. Sony acquires one of the last independent AAA studios, and GameStop starts its pivot with a massive round of layoffs. Coming up, This Week in Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and we had a busy week with lots of news from all different angles. Let's kick it off with Communications 101. Respawn Entertainment makes a bunch of stupid comments on Reddit. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a story that keeps retelling itself. Game devs talk to players on a forum, and things go south. This time, it's Apex Legends developer Respawn Entertainment. Um, you know, we could go in with a bunch of quotes. Really, there's a TLDR, and that's players were extremely upset at the new Iron Crown collection event and how it was monetized. Respawn was vocal against predatory loot box mechanics, you know, kind of from the beginning. But this new event locked items behind an extremely expensive legendary loot box. Some cost nearly $150. That's fucking ridiculous. I think I think you only get like four items per each of these loot boxes. So that means each item is worth, I don't know, anywhere between $20 and $50. Ridiculous. A community manager at Respawn posted on Reddit apologizing for the event's monetization. And like most things on the internet, the thread devolved into arguments and bitching. Um, this time mainly between devs and players. In comes executive producer Drew McCoy, who spurts out the biggest quote of the week, quote, I've been in the industry long enough to remember when players weren't complete asshats to developers, and it was pretty neat, end quote. <laughs> that's, that's an amazing, <laughs> an amazing way to reach out to your most vocal fans. Um, you know, then the same insults and death threats that come along with pretty much anything game industry related uh, came in, and the CEO of Respawn had to release a statement and his statement was kind of backwards. It was very supportive of his developers. Um, there are a number of people involved on this Reddit thread. You can go find it. It's, you know, pretty much stickied everywhere. So <laughs> you can go look it out for yourself. I don't know. For me, this is a lesson in community communication. You should 100% reach out to fans to either like apologize or explain controversial choices in what you made in game development. Know that apologies from developers are like cutting an artery open and jumping in shark-infested waters, and the fans will 100% take that as a sign of weakness and attack you. However, you should ignore the threads and take the higher ground. Like, apologize, communicate, reach out there, maybe answer some questions that were very properly communicated, but just ignore the other trash. Like, ignore it. Ignore it like the bad kid at school, you know? Don't mock people. Don't respond to negative comments. I mean you know, nothing good will come from engaging in online arguments in general, less from a company to their most vocal fans. Because, I mean, what did Respawn accomplish here? Like, they jumped on there, they made, you know, a fairly, the, commu the community manager made a fairly good post, right? It was an apology and an explanation. I mean, the post could have just said, we fucked up, right? But then to have your executive producer jump on there and other developers and other community managers, and it, it, it devolves so much that the CEO had to speak out about it. Like, that, get your shit together, Respawn. Like, you shouldn't, let, you shouldn't let your employees jump on threads and mock people. And, oh, well, it is what it is. It happened. Let's learn our lesson, move on, and hopefully it'll be another, like, 
six months before this happens again. <laughs> All right, next up. Apple Arcade finally has a price point. Apple's kind of ambition premium game subscription service that bolsters a near 100 premium games, which are mostly exclusive to Apple Arcade, finally has a price point, and that price point is $4.99 a month. What? It's pretty low. This is off of rumors by 9to5Mac, $4.99 a month with a free trial month, of course. Um, the games will feature no ads, no microtransactions of any kind, and will be available across you know all Apple devices and I think even Apple TV, which is pretty interesting. Um, Apple has reportedly put aside a clean $500 million to fund development of these premium games, and some reports have that have come in from developers as Apple is dishing out anywhere from one to two-ish million, and if you really like, can explain why it needs it, they'll go up to 3.5 and even $5 million per game. That's insane for a premium mobile game. Um, $4.99 is borderline free to mobile players. I mean, you're talking about what is what does $5 get you? You know, $5 gets you nothing in Clash Royale, right? <laughs> like $5 is nothing in in-app purchase, top free-to-play in-app purchase game. So $4.99 a month, 100 premium games. If the games hold up in quality to their, you know, compared to their free-to-play brethren, I can see this as a major shift in the mobile gaming. I mean, don't get me wrong, Apple's taking a huge hit. Like this, this is not gonna end out end up financially well for them, right? I mean, five hundred million dollars, five dollars a month. Very easy to do the math of how many people you need for how long to break even even on that, right? But I think Apple kind of sees this. Like everyone sees what's going on in mobile gaming's like insanely high CPIs and then does cost per install. Like, War Strategy and Social Casino, ridiculous high cost per install. And then to make money off that, you have to have an LTV and a number of buyers and, like, your average buyer, you know, how much they spend in 30 days and 360 days. That needs to be so high to offset that. And if you think, what, like, 5 to maybe 1% to 5% of all your players will end that purchase, that means you need to get some people so highly addicted that they offset, which is in some categories over $20 CPI. So Apple's taking a look at this. They're like, this this is never going to end good. I mean, every game is just going to devolve into a slot machine or some kind of casino mechanics wrapped in RPG or whatever, like puzzle game. So we're going to take a stand. We're going to try to curve the industry. And frankly, if these games are as good or better than their free-to-play games, You'd be dumb to keep playing the three to free to play games. Like five dollars a month is like a no excuse price point. Everyone should give it a shot and have to applaud Apple for it. All right. Next up, let's get to some business news. So this probably the biggest news of the week. It seems bigger until you look at the history, but I'll go ahead and announce it. Sony acquires Insomniac Games. Yes, for an undisclosed amount, Sony has purchased one of kind of the top development studios in the world, Insomniac Games. So Insomniac been around for a long time, um, known for their hit game series, not just games, game series is Spyro the Dragon, Ratchet and Clank, Resistant, and the most recent hit of theirs, Spider-Man, the PS4 exclusive, which they've announced has sold 13 million copies for an exclusive title for PS4 exclusive, 13 million copies is freaking ridiculous, man, like, I mean, games are happy if they can sell 2 million copies these days of physical discs, so 13 million that's crazy. But, you know, this acquisition is not a terribly big surprise. Many of Insomniac's hits, if not almost all of Insomniac's hits, were PlayStation exclusives. 
And now the console wars are changing from like who owns the hardware to, you know, kind of like IP and publishing and content being more important than the platform, right? So the hardware, I mean, PlayStation 5 is going to be much less important than PlayStation 2 and 3 were, right? And it's going to kind of come down to content. And so Sony is already actually testing the waters with publishing games on another platform. They're publishing Ready Set Heroes on Epic's digital store. So I think Sony sees the future and they want to go ahead and wrap up all their most important content and IP. So, I mean, look, the future probably cloud gaming or some kind of distributed platform where like Steam can be accessed on any platform, even if it's not cloud gaming. And then you have companies like Amazon, Google, and Microsoft who are coming in. And Microsoft, you know, Xbox was really kind of an offshoot division. But I think with Microsoft Azure backing PlayStations and their own Xbox division's cloud efforts, you're going to see all three of these giants start operating on margins that, frankly, Sony and even to a lesser extent Nintendo can't compete on. Like, Sony can't take negative margins forever like amazon if they think oh in 10 years we can drown out all of our competitors they'll just you know subsidize every purchase for 10 years and then dominate the market and hit the profit button so sony can't do that so this is very smart insomniac my opinion will likely come a similar studio to naughty dog where naughty dog produces mega hits for sony but operates somewhat in an independent isolated development setting where they just work on their own titles and kind of I guess to some extent, I don't work there, but it seems like they chart their own uh, path. I imagine Insomniac will be the same as long as they keep producing hits. I mean, the no use jumping in and changing that. Great move for Sony. And uh, yeah, let's see what this next generation. Uh, I don't even know what generation of game console releases we're on. But uh, yeah, this next generation is going to be pretty interesting because, again, I think... You know, Nintendo's starting to produce on mobile, Sony's exploring PC, um, Microsoft is also, you know, they've come out and said that they have no intention of cross-publishing their titles, but, you know, they might. And, um, yeah, I really think maybe, you know, it's not exclusive content hidden behind locked gates. It's more, you know, who can gather up the biggest hits. All right, next up. So Play Ventures, the potential next big player in early game investing, <laughs> finished its fundraising round of $40 million. This is pretty good. So Play Ventures is one of the newest investment funds focused solely on early stage game investment, founded by Henrik Saranen and Hari Maninen. I probably pronounced both of those terribly. Both of them are veterans of King, Wuga, Digital Chocolate, and Disney. They originally targeted a $30 million fundraising round, but instead um, decided to just go ahead and bring in $40 million. You know, uh, sometimes you go to the store and you're like, I want three apples, but you grab four. Seems to be what happened here. No, I'm joking because I, I guess whatever they're selling, they had enough interested people and the investors are big players. So the three lead investors of this fundraising round were Rovio, interesting enough. Um, Modern Times Group, a regular player in game investing. You hear me say MTG all the time and make the same joke of how it's not Magic the Gathering, but Modern Times Group. And the CEO of huge games, Anton Gaffin. So an interesting collection of lead investors. Uh, I mean, Rovio, God, you, got, you guys can't even make a game these days, so you might as well just get into investing. I know it sounds terrible coming from me, but... 
Uh, smart move. And if you're an early stage games as a service company, it seems they want to focus on free to play games. You know who now has a big pile of cash that they're looking to invest in, so go hit them up. All right, next up, Phoenix Labs acquires Bot School Inc. So this is a really weird acquisition. So the Canadian developer of the free-to-play RPG Dauntless, free Phoenix Labs, has acquired edutainment developer Bot School Inc. So Bot School Inc. is known for their kind of like programming education games, and their main game is Gridlight Hello World. Um, that is using schools to teach kids programming. And I think they mainly target elementary school. I don't, I just looked at the products. I don't, I don't actually know. And again, this is a very weird, weird acquisition, especially because Phoenix Lab came out and said Bot School Inc. will immediately start working on Dauntless. Why are you require? why are you acquiring a children's edutainment company to work on a free-to-play RPG that's on consoles? is not doesn't even make sense. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe they're like best friends in business school. Never know. But uh, all the power to them. All right, next up. GameStop lays off 14% of its total staff. So 120 GameStop employees from headquarters, corporate offices, and various publications have been laid off. Um, this isn't like GameStop laid off 120 people who work in retail locations. No, these are part of like corporate GameStop. And incoming generic response to the mass layoffs from GameStop says, quote, it was to reduce costs and better align the organization with our efforts to optimize the business to meet our future objectives and success factors. So I don't know. To me, that just reads mad libs of whatever anyone says when they lay off massive amounts of people and don't really want to explain why. So uh, all the power to you, GameStop. Game Informer, who is owned by GameStop, was also hit by massive layoffs. So 19 members of Game Informer were laid off, including its managing editor, Matt Burtz. And if you guys don't know, I mean, content publications are pretty much run by their managing editor. So lay off the managing editor. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty big news. GameStop currently states Game Informer will continue with print and digital content, but it's hard to imagine that that's true given most of its highest paid and most experienced staff is gone. GameStop stock is currently floating around $3.80 and down from, you know, it was almost $12 six months ago. So they got to do something. I've covered this ad nauseum in previous episodes. Really, GameStop isn't the bad guy. It pretty much has to do this to pivot the company towards higher revenue. Games retail as a business isn't isn't there anymore like and it doesn't really have a need to exist quite as it used to have a need to exist so what can brick and mortar game related retail look like and you know gamestop has said various strategies of what they want to try like esports collectibles and local community engagements and you got to just like kind of like slowly turn over staff and you like take out the old retail people bring in esports people i don't know so oh well all right last up Max Cohen, Oculus head of mobile, departs from Facebook this month. So the VP of mobile is yet another Oculus executive to depart in this last year. Crazy turnover. I mean, Oculus is just crazy turnover. Uh, pretty much everyone. Last week, Oculus lost its, uh, <laughs> the last co-founder, Nate Mitchell. Um, so yeah, Cohen led the Gear VR and Oculus Go programs and was reported to be instrumental in getting Oculus Crest off the ground. That said, Oculus still has John Carmack, and in my book, he's worth 15 executives. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I just love that John Carmack's working at Facebook. Uh, you're the man, John Carmack. All right, 
That's it for this week in games. I'm Eric McConnell. Come back next week. I'll break down the game industry business news for you again. Till then, take care. See you guys later. Bye.